Top of the day, everyone. This is Hot Garbage. I'm your host, Nisha, and this is my beautiful best friend and co-host. Buddha Badass. And today we have a great story for you. I don't know how good it is, but I just wanted to say before I get into the story, make sure if you like our podcast, leave us a rating and a review because we would really appreciate it. Isn't that right, Buddha? It does help us out. It helps us out a lot. Yes. So we appreciate you guys being interactive. The more interactive you are, the better we kind of look like. Uh, we ain't nobody, but help us be some, at least, you know, a half nobody. Like yeah. That would be, somebody. yeah, we want to be, yeah, definitely. Because help our little podcast grow, share it, like it, tell your friends about it. Right. Family. I was going to be a shadow. I'd be like the rock shadow. I'd be a sexy shadow. Yeah. That'd be so wonderful, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Who shadow would you be? Um, Beyonce. Of course. I don't even know why I asked. You, you always go to Beyonce. Yeah. always go to Beyonce. That's the most beautiful woman in the world. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So how was your week coming along? Busy, but you know, happy. Yeah. Happy, getting stuff done, so can't complain. Well, do you know that what we're going over today? Do you know what story uh, we're I doing? do not. We are covering the case of Michelle, Mitchell Blair. And everyone pronounces it Michelle, but it's actually Mitchell. So, Mitchell? Mitchell, so it's M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-E. So I apologize. M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-E. Isn't that how you spell Michelle? No, Michelle, no T in Michelle. Most people. For the oh, app. most okay. people, yeah, most people there's no T. So I, I just want to let everyone know that like my tongue is probably gonna slip and say Michelle because that's how I'm used to like saying it. But it's and, like Mitch, yeah, Michelle, yeah. But everyone that says it says it like Michelle because it's like hard to say it. So mm-hmm. apologize for butchering up you know her name but i think butchering up her name is the last thing that anybody's gonna be worried about okay after we hear about what's gonna happen with michelle with michelle yeah so i wanted to put some audio in this one i'm still like learning how to do the audio because i wanted to be able to hear i want she did a lot of interviews after this case and i wanted people to like hear her voice so that's gonna be coming up. Really? Like, yeah, I want to. You people... want to put people's voices and in interviews in these? I thought you were talking about some sound effects, like you know, no, splat no. noises when people get stabbed. <laughs> no, no, actual. I'm working on how to actually put audio clips in here. Okay. So, and that I think it'll be more powerful because I'm gonna talk a lot about what happens in court. But I did want to hear it from her words, but I'm still like working on how to do that. So unfortunately, no audio clips. But you guys will get the idea. Okay. Okay. You gonna pretend her voice a couple of these? No, I'm not gonna pretend her voice. I'm just gonna talk about what happened in the court. (laughs) Okay, so to get down to it, now Michelle Blair was a 35 year old single mom of four kids who lived in Detroit, Michigan, at the time that this crime happened. Um, so basically there's not a lot of background as far as like her upbringing and stuff like that so it's not gonna be a whole background case but what we do know is that she did suffer from abuse at a young age she was a gypsy yeah like uh, <laughs> i don't <laughs> now she now she did suffer from molestation when she was very young mm-hmm. and she did say that in her later interviews after all this happened that she told her mom and her mom told her it's over with so what the fuck do you want me to do about it now that's how her mom responded to mm-hmm. it so michelle did have a lot of you know underlying like problems and mental health regarding that because it was like and as it usually happens you know in the community you know a lot of times molestation is something that people just don't talk about or you know you feel like you can't go to anyone about it which is very scary and terrible right it happens it yeah happens more often than people in the day now 
um, to make it worse, Michelle, it was said Michelle saw her abuser quite frequently because they were kind of always in and out of the house. So I don't know who this was in relation. I don't know if it was a mom's boyfriend or, but that's all I saw in the research was this was someone that she saw, you know, frequently. Mm. And so because of this, Michelle ended up having, when she ended up having four kids later on, and she was always forthcoming with her kids about the rape that she endured, but she was very graphic. It wasn't like, cause we were supposed to talk to your kids about good touch, bad touch, right? Right? But she was very like she was graphic and she told them like in detail exactly like what happened and that they should always, you know, come to her or report it if something happened. So she was very explicit and she told them everything. And she told her kids that if anyone ever raped them, that they better fucking tell her. You know, and she said that rape was the worst thing that someone could do to did anybody. You, did she put the F word in there? Or did you just put that in there for some spice of life? No, no, that's what she said. This she was, was cussing at her children about, yeah, about rape. Yeah, yes. That's, that's what, a good influence. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, she, Michelle Blair, and this is why I wish I could have put the audio in, because Michelle Blair was very raw. She held nothing back. Like, cussing in front of her kids, that was the least of the worries when you hear about everything she's going to do. Oh, yeah, she definitely was not the storybook mom that okay. read bedtime stories. Now, now she had four kids, as I said. Gabrielle was the oldest daughter. And then there was Stoney, who was her second oldest daughter. Stephen Jr. was her third, her son. He was, um, he was her third child. And the youngest one was named Maddie, and he was the youngest child. Now, the dad, so Alexander Dorsey, he was the two oldest ones' dad. Uh, the two oldest girls' father was named Alexander Dorsey, and then Stephen Barry, he was the father of the two youngest, the two sons. Okay. Now, neither one of them saw their kids that often, and they were both on child support. Um, now, it was said that Stephen Barry was constantly in and out of jail, uh, jail all the time. So he wasn't in his dad's life. Okay. Now, Alexander Dorsey barely saw his two daughters. And at one point, the children were allowed to kind of see some of the other family members. But it was said that one of the, so the grandfather, so I think it was Stephen Jr.'s dad, he had another granddaughter that had nothing to do with Michelle Blair's kids, but he was accused of kind of like molesting or touching her. So when Michelle Blair heard about this, she was like, the kids are not allowed over here at all. You can come to my house if you want to see them. So the kids didn't really see the other family members that often. Mm. So I'm just, I'm kind of setting the stage for what's going to happen because a lot of people are questioning like, well, how did no one notice these kids were missing? And that's why they didn't, it was just Michelle. She was a single mom. You know, she was on welfare, food stamps, and the dads wasn't in the life. Other family members wasn't in the life. And she didn't have a good family support at all. And she constantly couldn't keep jobs. That was the other thing. So she would lose her jobs a lot. And she would reach out to family members. And eventually family members was like, no, you need to either go back to school, get a job. So nobody was helping her out at all. So well, this they is your... had grown exhausted of helping. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So this is why this is just setting everything up. <clears throat> So it was sometimes years in between the family seeing the children and even the dads. So one of the dads was thousands of dollars behind in child support. So this just set the stage for all about what's about to happen. Oh, now, it? yeah, it does. Now, on March 24th, 2015, around 11 a.m., 
a Wayne's County Sheriff, bailiff, and property manager for the Martin Luther King Apartments in Detroit, Detroit, Michigan, showed up to Michelle's apartment with a court-ordered eviction notice. At this point, you know, she was getting evicted, and they were about to put all her stuff out on the street. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of evictions, uh-huh. I had to pay my rent. Uh-huh. And now it's a new thing of paying it online, and they charge me a eighty nine dollar convenience fee. What? Right? For like, paying is it that online? Legal? Yeah. I, is that, you, I never read nothing about no convenience fees before. Well, what I would do is I would go. Do they don't have a Dropbox or anything? I'm, I'm about to find out. Let me tell yeah. you that. I paid it this time, but I'm not paying it next time. What but the, I was talking to somebody. Yeah. What the fuck? But I was like, I've just thought about that, like convenience fee and paying all I mean, these extra fees. I'm yeah. Like, I'm already paying your stuff, and, and this the, is not the crazy cheap. thing is usually online it's free. It's if you do like. Like the automated system or something they right. charge. I've the never heard online of, of doing that convenience and doing it all yourself because I'm doing it all on my oh. own. What's the convenience of me doing it? Of me putting it in your yeah. work and I'm paying you. That's bullshit. That doesn't make no sense. Mm-mm. That's like you know tipping somebody while I'm making my own sandwich. Oh, right. Tipping you for giving me the, and tipping Safeway for giving me the bread. Like, Man. No, no. <laughs> Capitalism is a bitch, isn't uh. it? <laughs> Somebody's cashing out on you. That's nail money right there. Eighty nine dollars. Eighty nine dollars. Ah. In a year, I'm going to be paying over $1,000 in convenience fees. It doesn't not sound convenient. That's that not convenient at all. That's not convenient for the refrigerator. That's not convenient for anything. <laughs> <laughs> now, so they show up with this eviction notice. Now, she hadn't paid her rent in months. And so, at this point, of course, she was getting kicked out. Now, at this point, nobody was home. So, they went ahead and entered because they did have that warrant to enter. And they started taking all of her property out of the house. So at this point, they found a deep freezer that was in the middle of her living room and they found two human-sized plastic bags stocked on top of each other. Now, inside the plastic bags were child human remains. So, and this is, I was going to say, this is the stupidest part of the crime right here. You love that phrase. Yes, if you're going to get evicted, you know what I mean? And you know that, first of all, you're not going to pay rent and it's gotten to the point of eviction, right? Because you know you're about to get evicted. Make sure that you're there or you take all that stuff out beforehand. Well, I heard people that say make sure you're not there when you think they're showing up for your eviction. Not if you have dead bodies, though. What the hell? If you have dead... I've not been a professional of disposing (laughs) of bodies. I was like, what the hell? Right. Because, I well, it's like, okay, because that's probably the beginning of the eviction because they do have to serve you before you go to court. But in this case, if the police has already gotten to her house, that means they've gone to court, they've already ruled that she's getting evicted. So that means the sheriff can come at any time and put the lock on the door and take all your shit out. You are a so, pro at knowing these things. Well, yeah, but... Uh, I mean, dude, you have dead bodies in your house and you're not going to be there. You're going to let the sheriff go in there? Like, that's crazy as hell. I, I, I can say that it was not thought out in yeah. anticipation of the sheriff. You were trying to get caught. Oh, gosh. This is don't, so... don't you just hate that, Nisha? <laughs> right. Oh. So, anyways. So, now, at this time, Michelle was not home because she was in another apartment in that apartment complex babysitting. I guess she was trying to get some extra money, so she was babysitting a neighbor's kid. <laughs> now, at that point, the police arrested her, detained her, and questioned her. Gabrielle, her oldest, was 17 at the time, and her youngest son was interviewed as well. <clears throat> now, Gabrielle told law enforcement that Michelle got mad at Stoney because the remains that was found was Stoney, her, who was her second daughter, and Stephen, who was the third child. Mm. But Gabrielle, the oldest, said, said that Michelle got mad at Stoney for saying she didn't like her younger son and her oldest daughter. Michelle strangled her with a black t-shirt, 
suffocated her with a plastic bag. And Gabrielle also said that her mother asked her to help her put Stoney's body in a deep freezer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just the sand you don't like one of the kids. Yeah. But uh, but this is what, you know, the oldest daughter is saying. Michelle is going to get uh, interviewed and we'll find out what she's going to say about it. Oh, okay. Now, at this time, Gabrielle had a cut above her eye, which came from her mother hitting her with a two-by-four. So, Michelle had already been abusive to the children. She also had a broken front tooth because Michelle had hit her with a curling iron. Now, Stoney was 13 at the time of her death, and Stephen was nine at the time of his death. They had been dead for two years before this. they were discovered. So, they had been in that deep freezer. wow. Yeah, and that's why I set it up, because they had been missing for two years. Nobody noticed. And that's why... You know, it was set up like that because it's like none of the family members noticed because they're like, oh, well, we don't see them that often anyway. So it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. That's how she was able to get away with this. Mm-hmm. Now, the youngest son, Maddie, confirmed Gabrielle's story. And he had loop-shaped scars and injuries on his back, butt, and hip. Michelle would beat him with an extension cord. Now, after both her children died, Michelle collected $771 in food stamps, Medi-Cal, and some child support on the deceased children after they died. And this was for years. Now, on March 25th, 2015, James Craig, the police chief of Detroit, held a press conference to inform the public that they would not be answering any questions about this case because they are investigating this as an act of homicide. So now to back it all up, in 2002, social workers had opened up an investigation against Michelle Blair, and this was due to bruising on both her daughter's bodies. At that point, nothing happened, and she was able to keep her children. So they went ahead, they opened the case, investigated, closed the case. Mm -hmm. And so in 2005, both girls had bruises and burn marks on their body, and another investigation was opened, but again, nothing came out of it. In 2011, the 2011-2012 school year, Michelle had pulled her children out of school and said she was going to homeschool her children. <clears throat> so that's how she got away with that because she told the school she was going to homeschool them. Mm-hmm. They assumed that she was, you know, homeschooling them. So this is the story that Michelle's telling about why she killed her kids because she doesn't deny it. And she actually made a full confession at the time of her arrest. She said that one day she came home and found her youngest son, Maddie using dolls to stimulate sexual, sexual actions. And she was triggered thinking about her own trauma. And so she asked, she said, why are you making dolls have sex? Has anyone ever done this to you? And at first he was denying it. But then he said that his brother, Stephen, had performed sexual acts on him. So then she approached Stephen and she said that he just stood up and kind of looked at her, you know. And she repeated herself, like, have you ever touched your brother? She said at that point, Stephen confessed that he did it. And then she asked if he had did those acts with, with his brother with his underwear off. And he said no. But Maddie, the younger son, said yes, that he did. He molested him with his underwear off. So at that point, Michelle just started beating Stephen while Maddie listed off everything that he did to him. She inflicted, she basically inflicted him with pain. She tortured him. She made him drink Windex. Oh my God. Yeah. At this time, Stephen was nine years old at the time that all this was happening. Mm-hmm. Michelle wrapped Stephen's head in plastic bags until he fell unconscious. She fastened a belt around his neck and she like lifted him up. Like she pulled him all the way up with the belt and still to his feet was dangling in the air. 
She made Stephen get in the tub and repeatedly threw hot water on his genitals until his skin burnt off. Oh, God. Yeah, she starved him. She tortured him for one to two weeks. She brought him back in his room. At that point, he was vomiting all over himself. He couldn't stand. So then she took him back to the bathroom. She checked his heartbeat. She said that his heartbeat was becoming faint. And on August 30th, 2012, Stephen ended up dying from his injuries. Now, Michelle told her young son, Maddie, at that time, that because, and at the time, Maddie was six years old, and she said, because, because, bless you. So, she said that because she had just killed his brother, unfortunately, she's going to have to go away for a long time. That's what she told him. And he, she said that Maddie pleaded with her, and she said, he said, Mom, I don't want you to go away. So, that's what made her put him in the freezer. You know? Okay. So Michelle wrapped his body in plastic, put him in the deep freezer, and then nine months later, Michelle found out that Stoney had been sexually assaulting Maddie. That's what she said. Now, this is nine months, so Stephen's already been uh, dead. And so Maddie... I mean, somebody is going to follow that after they found out what happened to the first person that did some molestations to this little boy? Right. Like, that's what makes it so crazy. Uh-huh. Because nine months later, then, Maddie came to her and said that Stoney, which was his big sister, would wring out her menstrual pad in his mouth, supposedly, and would sit on his face and make him perform oral sex on her. This is what Michelle is saying Maddie told her. So Michelle then approached Stoney and asked why she did that. And Stoney supposedly said that because everyone thought that he was the youngest one and he was so cute and she hated him so bad and she hated her older sister. So on May 25th, 2013, Stoney, Stoney died because Michelle strangled her to death with a black t-shirt, put a plastic bag over her head and suffocated her. That's when she asked Gabrielle to help put him, put her on top of Stephen's body in the deep freezer. It's weird that the children go sexual with their interaction of disdain. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing about it is, so this has never been... We don't. We still don't know if this is true or not because those two are not here to defend themselves or say yes or no. There's no kind of evidence that this ever happened. There's a lot of evidence that Michelle was abusing her kids, but when Gabrielle and Maddie was questioned, you know, they didn't say anything about sexual abuse between them. So that's why it leads a lot of people to believe that this isn't something that happened. But it may be something that Michelle thought happened based on her trauma, but I don't know if this is even true. Right, because I'm like, that's kind of odd that you have two children right. that are molesting a, a third child. Yeah. You know, like, just, it wasn't double teaming, they was just having fun. It's just kind of odd that you have two in the same household that you were raising them that way or kind of making it mm-hmm. social. It's kind of it's interesting, is all I'm saying. It's yeah. Like, hey, <clears throat> I don't know what what's sparking that what's bar- is it because you you think of it and it's such a taboo that y'all want to be doing some nasty weird shit don't know i don't know but for me that is a stretch to say hey two kids was being sexual and i had to kill them all yeah exactly especially when there was no evidence at all now at the trial the prosecution well, if any evidence would be years old mm-hmm. you know so there wouldn't be any sign of knowing now, at the trial, prosecution stated that there was only evidence of physical abuse to the children from Michelle, not of them doing anything with each other. And this is what the prosecution argued. Now, Michelle, during her trial, spoke out of turn. Of course, she screamed. She said that the prosecution was lying and they were liars. The judge told her that she will have to leave, you know, if she doesn't calm down. Uh-huh. Now, her defense attorney 
then stated, and he came back and he said that Michelle Blair's story had not changed. You know, he interviewed her several times and basically it's the same thing that the young son was being molested. She felt like she had to protect them. And that's why this happened. And so he came back with a defense saying that the reason all this happened was because Michelle Blair had a lack of support from her baby daddies. The baby daddies were not in the children's life like they should have been. And even though they were on child support, they should have sat here and they should have like reached out and tried to see their kids more. So basically he kind of spun it, spun it and said, this is kind of on the dads as well, not just Good on the God. mother. Yeah. It must be hard. To be a lawyer for scenarios like this, for the words that got to come out of your mouth. I was just thinking that. Like, holy crap, sir. Right. And this is why I said, I know that's your job as a defense attorney. And I think, for me, I think I'd rather be a prosecutor because that's really hard. Because how do you even come up with a defense for this? Right. How do you you rationalize it to yourself to where you sleep at night? Mm -hmm. Like, you know whose fault it is? The baby daddy. That's who it is. Yeah. Blame it on them. Yeah. I mean, cause how did you formulate that to come out your mouth? Right, because that's the only defense he had, and I mean, honestly, okay, yeah, absent father is suck, but they're not, they're in no way, shape, or form, the blame for you murdering your children. Yeah, no. Like, what the heck? I can think of so many single mothers that's not murdering their children because the baby dad's. I was baby. raised by a single mother, and I'm glad that we don't blame that no matter but that right deadbeat that my mom was with before then. Yeah, but that's his job, and that's what he had to do. Now, he did say the situation is unfortunate, and he did say that she loved her children very much, And but the fact that she experienced lack of education, she experienced lack of support, she had hardships, and baby dads did not check in on them, and, you know, that's the reason that this happened. Now, he also requested a competency exam to see that if she was able to stand trial, she was deemed by the court that she was mentally competent. And she waived her her Miranda rights as well. And so she did plead at court criminal responsibility for this. And she pleaded guilty to murdering her children as well. Now, she did admit to the court that she punched Stoney repeatedly in her head and her tailbone. She threw hot water in addition to putting the grocery bag over her head and suffocating her. So she tortured her children before she killed them. Yeah. And she also sat in court and said she had no remorse and she would do it again. So oh, she God. says she doesn't feel bad. She says she does not even claim the two dead children as hers. She said at this point she only has two kids and that's Gabrielle and Maddie. So she was like, those are demon children. Those are not my children. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> now, she said that in trial that Maddie told her that Stephen and Stoney would have sex with each other and then gang rape him. And she also said that <clears throat> she admitted in her testimony that she would starve Stony by giving her one cup of oatmeal. And, but she said she had to hide the fact that she was even her, giving her a cup of oatmeal for Maddie because Maddie didn't want her to feed him at all. So a lot of this she was putting on her young son, like Maddie didn't want me to feed him. Maddie wanted me to do this because of what they did to him, you know? But again, Maddie was six years old when this happened. Right, so. he's, she's trying to make him like the, the baby boss. He's an evil child yeah. mastermind. Yeah. yeah. Now, the judge said when he sentenced her, he says, and this is a very powerful statement, he said, he said, as a mother, one of your primary responsibilities was to protect your kids. In that respect, you failed in the worst possible way. There is nothing you can do at this point to change what happened. And at this point, and thankfully, 
that house of horrors that you created is no longer in existence. I do pray for your remaining children that they will be able to recover from what they saw and endured in that household. What struck me as rather unnerving is that you stated your kids got it better than what you had. But I failed to see how this is possible when you are still here. <clears throat> Despite what happened to you as a child, you had a chance to grow up, to become an adult, to make your own decisions with respect to running your own life. And you were blessed with four children. Stoney and Steven are never going to have that. They don't have these same opportunities. When I think about all the possible joys they could be missing out on, one thing that strikes me as the greatest tragedy is, is here that they will never know what a life is like without experiencing fear of their mother. They will never know the joy that could have happened in their life. They lived in terrible fear of you. And I find that just so sad in this case. After all is said and done, you impose the death penalty on your own children and you readily admit it and you that and you want to take and you you readily admitted it and you take responsibility for it. You are hereby sentenced to the Michigan Department of Corrections for the rest of your life without the possibility of parole, meaning of course that you will never get out. So this was on July 17, 2015. So she received two multiple life sentences without parole. Okay. After her conviction, she also had to go to family <clears throat> court and at that point she was she was deemed unfit to care for her remaining children. Mm -hmm. So because of, you know, because of everything that happened, but in addition to her, Alexander Dorsey and Stephen Berry were also deemed unfit. So all three of their parental rights were terminated to the children. So at this point, the children, the two remaining children re were relocated to their great, great aunt named Angela Gordon. And from what I can see, they're actually thriving. I mean, her oldest daughter graduated high school. She'll be starting college. Maddie was actually adopted out. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, he, um, he's thriving as much as he can be thriving. Now, in 2016, another update was made about Michelle Blair. She's not adjusting to her time behind bars. She throws urine at prisoners and guards. She punches people in the head. She threatens to kill people. She spits on people. And she assaulted a prison employee. And she received an additional 38 months to five years in addition to her already two life sentences. Yeah. That's, that's amusing. Right. And Angela Gordon set up a trust fund for these children. So they'll have a nice little trust fund, you know. Um, so she's trying to do everything she can to take care of them. Mm. So... Yeah, that's the end of the Michelle Blair story. But yeah, that one was pretty short and sweet there. Well, it I was. Sweet, but it's pretty short and direct. I should have done a lot of trigger warnings because I was like, man, too late, too little, too late to trigger warnings at the end. But I'll put trigger warnings in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, because she is uh, it's a high sign of mental instability. Mm -hmm. um, even if you're saying in the sense of justice where you're going to claim that you are retaliating for something that's happened to your child. Right. And you are... <laughs> Uh, being there for them for something that happened to your past. Yeah. Uh, we, you, you take it out of the heat of defense and passion when it's weeks of torture. Yeah, you exactly. Know? That's what that's what I said too. Is like she took it like way too far. I can see like in the heat of the moment. Okay, your young child told you that if it's even true, and you come and like you do something to them and they die, but you tortured them, you starved them, you beat them. Like that's crazy. For weeks for weeks yeah. at a time. So and you had just... a strong disconnect with mm -hmm. your children. That you never, well, I would say you never actually had a connection. Me personally, yeah. I would believe, because any of you was willing to do this to any of them. Yeah. At any point in time, if it seemed like whatever you was told was dissatisfactory, mm -hmm. whether you had enough proof or not, if it's evidence enough, 
and you're you're gonna be you're gonna do that to them. And let me tell you, also this is one of the reasons why they say the torture doesn't work is when if you come at your kid enough, mm-hmm. and I have, I've even accused my child of stuff that they didn't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the evidence I found points to one thing, and I kind of feel that this is 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 this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, as a parent who's very good, who's on the debate team, who's very good at kind of like. You know, talking through things and maybe yeah. even a little bit over talking. Yeah, I'll even admit that of my own. You know, uh, downfall is it becomes I could I see it happening with my kids. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm wrong, it becomes hard for them to be able to tell me otherwise. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's hard for them to kind of prove anything other once it's already mm-hmm. deduced in my own adult head. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, and they don't have the comprehension or the wherewithal. To be able to retort to a, a, a rebut mm-hmm. to a lot of the things that you're saying, yeah, and and also not as uh, functioning, so yeah. they're acting off of fear too. Mm-hmm. So and if you look at it, it's a, it's a true thing that if somebody is afraid and trying to push themselves, their memory actually doesn't work as well. Mm, yeah. people, you you actually need to kind of relax and kind of think things through mm-hmm. and even start from a scenario, yeah, of what happened before. Um, to even get to what the true part of you know you haven't yeah. seen a movie that you haven't seen in years and you mm-hmm. know you know the movie yeah but you, you watch one part and you're like I don't know what happens after I this. do that you know, all like, the time yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have to take yourself in your mind as to going through each steps kind of like second by second yeah b- b- word phrase by phrase to start getting yourself to the end so when you have somebody who's 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 uh, being antagonistic yeah. and, and and pumping a lot of fear inside of you, it's harder to go through those steps. Mm-hmm. So and and yeah, I can imagine the beating and the torturing was not going to help anything. If anything, it started making them lose memories. But, right. Yeah, so she so. he claims that they may have touched him, or she she sees him humping, and she's like, "You tell me, you tell me now." And at first, he's saying nothing. He's like, "Was it your sister? Was it your sister?" And he's yeah. scared of her, so he's like, "Yeah, it is." And yeah. Then he's, uh, she's coming up to you, just slapping you in the face. Yeah. Already, like, what'd you do, the boy? What did you do? And what did you? tell me of course he's gonna finally be like okay mom okay yes i did it i'm sorry whether he did or not yeah you know because he's he's saying that because at the time he thought it was gonna stop getting him hit yeah and, oh my god i can't even imagine and these are her children i'm like let's say and i don't believe it's true at all but let's say it was true these, this is a nine-year-old and a 13 year old like i think that as a parent the proper you know way to handle it would be why are you doing this can we get help you know, counseling, something. Why right. would you be keep touching it, your, keep it you away from I mean? your child? Yeah. yeah. But instead you chose to beat and torture. Like, I can't even imagine doing that to your children. Yeah. That was... Yeah, I, I feel like it's a waste of taxpayer money to yeah. have her in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, honesty, like, the sentences like that that piss me off, and that's the reason why I'm a, I agree with the the, uh, the uh, death sentence. Yeah. She should be fried like breakfast bacon. And you I didn't, yeah, and I want to, I'll probably do an update next week because I don't know if, why the death penalty wasn't on the table. I don't know if she pled out. I think she might have pled out because it says she pled guilty, but then she had a trial. So that's one thing I didn't see. I don't know if the death penalty was ever on the table for this. It should have been. It should have been like uh, yeah. like almost no. It's just because of the mental instability and the, the proton violence and mm-hmm. tendency if somebody yeah. has that in them. And you see, uh, and as uh, the violence intensity is written in the in, in the pudding. Yeah, she's at jail throwing piss on people. Yeah, and throwing soccer bitches inside of the head for no damn reason. Yeah, and you know she's kind of like look. You should look up uh, the movie called Charlie Bronson. Mm-hmm. He's the most dangerous. He's called the most dangerous criminal in uh, European European prison. 
Oh, like, yeah, I haven't heard of him before. He's the most, yeah, he's the most unruly prisoner in European Oh, wow, prison. should we do a case on him? <laughs> he should. It's very interesting because he's not actually like a murderer murderer. That's the weird, that's the weird thing. Oh. He's only done stuff to people in jail. Wow. Like, he, well, what he's he very violent and aggressive. Like assaulting cops. Oh, wow. He, he, it was like, it was basic burglary. Uh-huh. Like, it was strong on robbery. Like, mm-hmm. he beat up a guy for some money, and the cops came to, to arrest him, and he started beating up on the cops. Damn. And so, ever since then, he's just been in jail, back and forth, just attacking people yeah. in prison systems. Yeah. You know, and that's what he just does. Is he has a, he'll, he'll seem like he's fine for like a few months, and then, you gotta watch the movie, because it's pretty awesome. Then he'll just get butt booty naked. Like, he'll strip down, <laughs> butt naked, rub grease all over his body, and start whooping people's asses. Yeah. Just, just going crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, he just has that inside him. Yeah. Um, and with people like that, where they're, they're not going to be rehabilitated. Well, yeah, and I agree. And, I, you know, and I do want to take this time out to talk about, like, sexual abuse. Like, if you or anyone that you know, like, is getting abused, don't be afraid to get help, you know, even if it's anonymous, you know, because I, I do want to reach out because a lot of people have gone through this. And it's just really sad how it impacts the community, just sexual abuse overall, you know. Yeah. Just, you know, talk to your children about it. And, you know, have your children talk to you about it. Please get help if you are ever in that kind of situation. And it's just a horrible situation to be in, you know? Yeah, I would say seek some type of line, uh, mm-hmm. some type of hotline or whatever, only because of the fact that a lot of people that sexually abuse are afraid of the retort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they don't really want it to get back to the, the person that it's happening to. Yeah. I have family members that's gone through it, so I know it is very, very hard to try and find somebody to reach out and talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And especially because of the fact that if someone's reporting sexual abuse, and mm-hmm. this is my, my calling out to people, if someone comes to you for help, mm-hmm. if someone's coming to you for something like that, um, you have to you have to make an executive decision. Mm-hmm. But the decision has to be uh, swift, is yeah. what I'm going to say to people. If you're going to help, do your best to try to help somebody get out of that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and be kind of almost, in a sense, relentless. Yeah. Uh, because they are on a timeline too, and their fear is it, and they they tell you you can't do it at jobs, you can't you know do tit for tat or retaliation, mm-hmm. but in real life it happens all the time. All so the if time. this kid is told his parents, and only a sheriff comes around and kind of investigate, like, hey, did you do something? Once y'all close that door, he's about to get it done. It's oh about yeah, to go down. It's gonna be worse. It's it's just and parents like uh, mothers especially, please believe your daughters <laughs> if if something happens, you know, because that happens a lot too, you know, it becomes this taboo thing where moms don't believe. Don't, obviously, don't take it to the level that Michelle Blair did because that's horrible. Right. But there's so many mothers that their daughter has, has come to them and said, hey, this has happened. And the mom was like, no, it's not. You're just lying. You know what I mean? Like, no, sit down, believe your daughters, talk to your daughters. There's a reason why she's saying something is happening. I heard it's, it's, it's a surprising statistic. I heard it's like two to three women out of five have been molested. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's a high extreme number. So it's happening often. Yeah. And this is not, and it, it, it really does impact who you're going to be when you're an adult, you know, because you're carrying this around with you. And this is a, a hard burden to carry around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Psychologically, it changes your interaction with people. Yeah. Changes, oh, yeah. Especially with the opposite sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's uh, for me. I just thought, you know, it was something to see somebody who went through this all molestation of life, mm-hmm. and then the catalyst is for for you to to go off on your children had to do with sexual molestation. One of the things that you are being extremely candid with and trying to keep them from being involved in is something that is supposedly what happened for you in your same household. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like 
you know, was she was was it being conductive? Was it imagined? Is it something that because you talked about it so much, it became something normal in your household? Yeah, you know, that's one thing. Yeah, I don't know. Right. And so I, yeah, I will say because I mean I've I've seen I've dated a girl and her mom used to be very candid about her sexual life mm-hmm. and used to tell all the things that she did and her mom yeah. was like you know a person that was born in the, well you know earlier in the years so I think she was around during like the seventies or something maybe a teenager or maybe early years but she was like around with sexual freedom you know mm. so she was like doing sexual things and all type of stuff and nasty and freaking was expressing it to her daughter. I remember that because her daughter was like real freaky and real easy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I used to be like, I, I don't know. I, I remember saying that. Because she was like, I would be just as open to my daughter. I was like, and I ain't gonna lie. I was with her and I was like, I don't know if I want my daughter to be like you. Yeah. Because you, yeah. you, a lightweight thought. Oh. You, know? Oh, <laughs> you know, and I mean, I'm with you and I've been cheated on you. I've been cheated on by you a, a number of times. Oh. You know, and so I just started like not even actually being involved with you, but just having sex friends because I know that you're just going to be sexing other people. Yeah. And I have no shame about it. And, you know, part of it is I was kind of, I used to always blame it on the fact that she was just brought up so openly with being like, you know, that sexuality was just so okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. So, and, and expressing it in that way. Yeah. To where I was like, mm, I don't like it. Yeah. You know? I feel it. And I feel like she kind of became numb to it. And even like, you know, what she's doing is inappropriate. When she's like, my mom banged like seven guys in one day. I'm not doing so bad. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, uh, that's a bad thing to compare it to. Yeah. It really is. You know, I don't know about you, but this case kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies. You know, that's something if I'm saying that. <laughs> so as yeah, as, yeah. I want to give you the heebie Oh, It's just because, like, just everything that happened and just the torture to the children, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. It just makes me so sad. Okay. It just makes me so sad. Just little tiny kids. You know how much I love children. Right, yes. Yeah. And, you know, our mothers, so you believe they are a blessing to the life. Yeah, they are. Because I think, I think it hits differently. You're right, when you're a mom, too. And you're a dad, too. Did this case kind of, like, hit you hard? Uh, I wouldn't say harder than others, but it does, you know, make me aware that there's not good parents. Yeah, know? yeah. Make me, uh, you know, help me understand that I'm... I'm I can be, even now, I'm like, I could be more tolerant of my kids. Yeah. You know, just thinking about just anything that just goes on and not being as extreme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody out there, hug your children. Hug them so tight tonight because, you know, our children are blessings to us, right? You should look at them like that, yes. Yes. I always tell people that your children are the one are the way that you live forever. Oh, You're that's true, huh? On. Yeah, their child, then their child, then when you have a great grandchild, be like, you look just like your great granddaddy. Yeah, that's you live forever. That's why. That's you back there. Yeah, that's you back again. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you know what we're going to talk about next week? No, I do not. Next week we are covering the case of Tyler Hattie. Have you heard of him before? Uh, no. Tyler Hatley. He is the guy. He's the teenager that killed his parents so he could have a party. I think I remember you bringing that up before. Yeah. Like, I think you remember saying something about that, like this crazy kid with blood on the walls or something Yeah, like that. they were partying around the parents' blood, but they didn't even know that that was blood from the parents. It's wild. So we're going to go into that case next week. Okay. That's wild. Can you imagine killing your parents just so you could have a party? I, I feel like these privileged kids doing stuff like that. <laughs> I'm like, what? Doesn't that make you scared, though? What if your kids ask you to have a party at the house? What are you going to say? Because now it makes uh, you scared to say no. First, I'm going to call Debo. You know, 
Or, or, or Terry Crews, because you ain't going to just come in and try and take down Terry, his ass. <laughs> you know, that's, that's Damon from Friday. Oh, um, but I would try, I, I make sure that he's on speed dial and on speakerphone. And I'd be like, hell to the, I'm going to get wild with it. Be like, hell to the, no, you can't. Yeah. Terry, you step on in here. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that, you know, that they feel like it come from them. So, you know, if you want to kill somebody, kill Terry. Yeah, huh? You That's know, a good idea. Don't try and kill me, man. This is, I think this is what the second um, teenager that we've gone over that killed. I think second or third. Like, you keep going over children that don't get what they want and kill their parents. <laughs> I think there's a running theme for you Damn. where you just have that in your mind. Is that is that, that how, what happened to your parents? No, I think you I, never talk about any of your parents. I, so I, don't know. I think you know what I have several of these cases on the list, so mm-hmm. we'll go because you relate to them. No, I do. I am not a killer. All you've told me is I don't know where my parents are. Like I bet you don't. <laughs> I bet you don't. <laughs> Anyways, well, make sure you guys say thank you so much for following the Instagram page at Hot Garbage Show. Follow us. This is so great. We are almost at some good following. Uh, so we'll get you on Instagram, Buddha. Oh, you guys are getting me on. Okay, I got yeah. more homework. I got to join more platforms. Yes. I've purposely not been on platforms. Yeah, so yeah, Instagram Hot Garbage Show. And we also have a discussion group on Facebook. So you go to True Crime Hot Garbage. Um, hot garbage show it's hot garbage edition and that's on facebook so just add yourself and you can get in on the discussion it's so wonderful and then we also have a gmail if you want to email us case suggestions or just what you think about the case it's hot garbage news at gmail.com do you have anything else you want to say i'm gonna tell you guys i'm gonna join and i'm gonna have a mask on like kakashi (laughs) from from uh naruto just have a bottom mask showing my one eye Looking just cool and, and and mysterious. Like, who is that man? Yeah. Heck yeah. Because this is Buddha. He's incognito all the time. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm paranoid against the hackers, man. Hack the, I, I watched that Angelina Jolie movie, and I'm like, hack the planet? No, sir. Oh, right. Yeah, you're not going to sit here and take my stuff, damn it. Hell no. Well, um, also, our podcast is available. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Um, at, oh, Amazon, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So you can listen to us anywhere. You definitely can. Yes. You definitely can. And it is it is not of delinquent words. I will be joining. It is a lot of things that moved on in my life. So I, I we need to be more interactive as a whole. Yeah, this is going to be great. Well, everyone, see you next week. Take care. Watch your back out there.